0: But amen, we're so very glad to have you here at Sanctuary today. But amen, let's get ready for the Word this morning. And I'm going to get our Christmas box. Every week so far this month, we have been opening a gift for Jesus. And the idea has been, what would Jesus really want for Christmas? We get a lot of gifts. Maybe you've already opened your gifts this morning, or like our family did it yesterday. But uh, what really does Jesus Christ want for Christmas? What can we unwrap today on this Christmas morning? And what is the, the thing that we, we would like to give Him today and what He'd like to receive? We've already opened up worship. We've opened up justice. We've opened up faithfulness. And this morning, let's see what we got in this box, all right? I don't know if anybody can read the balloons, if it's going to go in front of the projector. But this morning, we're going to open up love. We're going to open up love. What could we give Jesus this Christmas but love? Uh, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. We've been looking at this one passage all month. I'm just going to give you a few brief words today uh, before we uh, pray together. Uh, and how we can apply this. But at Sanctuary, love is one of our big tenets. We, we believe our, our values at our church are grace, love, truth. And Sanctuary, we define love as that choice to sacrifice for the benefit of somebody else. Uh, John 3.16, we know it. It tells us that God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son. That He gave His Son sacrificially. That's love for our benefit. And so He defined, He didn't just say, hey guys, I love you. But he actually did something about it. He sent his son as a demonstration of that love. And so and we're looking in Deuteronomy chapter 10 this morning. I'm just going to give you the three eyes about love. There's, you know, say like there's no eye in love. That's right. But there are three eyes I want us to kind of see a progress, a journey through about how you and I can really love God and love other people, okay? And so I need to love. And so the three eyes about love. And here we are, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. And we've seen that. Moses has got this new generation of Israel and they're about to take the promised land. And God has just given them, uh, put them through the ringer, and then and, and they've come out of this. They've seen God deliver, set free, uh, heal, uh, uh, give them manna and water and all this kind of stuff. Man, they've come out of it. And the new generation is about to take the promises of God. And Moses takes a moment and says, hey, let's press pause. I'm going to tell you all the rules and regulations so you'll remember. I'm gonna give you the law again, and so Moses rehashes all of the law, but then he gives them this part in Deuteronomy chapter ten. He says, "What I really want you to get, though, while I gave you all these rules, I want you to get something." And so here's here. Let's gonna read through these, this little passage here a little bit. But just I'm in Deuteronomy chapter ten verse twelve. If somebody's there, somebody say Amen. 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 All right, very good. Moses gets the same conversation. He says, God saved you. He's given you the commands. He's given you his commissions. But what does he really want from you today? Verse 12. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God, walk in all of his ways and love him and serve the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul? And we know that Jesus takes this same passage later on in the New Testament. But from the very beginning... Out of their journey of Egypt, and even in Deuteronomy chapter 6, God says, I'm commanding you to love me. How many know in a marriage, that's really, we kind of we say like, how do you do that? He says, I'm commanding you to love me. You shall love me with all your heart, soul, and might. Deuteronomy 6, 5. But how do you command somebody to love you? How do you tell someone, you must love this person? Now, if you have siblings and you're a parent, uh, your, your mom or dad probably told you you have to love your brother and sister no matter what. Get over it. That's what you have to do. You're commanded to love your brother and sister no matter no matter what. But how do you command someone? How do you give love on demand? Cuz in those moments where your brother or sister are fighting and arguing and they say you got to love him or her, you got to love her, you got to love him. You don't really feel it. You you might have to suck it up, apologize, turn the other cheek and go, you know, go to your room. But the simple truth of it is that what God is telling us is love is not a feeling or an emotion. Love is a choice. Love is a choice to love someone for their benefit. It's to sacrifice myself for their very best. And so God is telling them, love is not a feeling or emotion, it's a choice. We choose to love our spouses, we choose to love our families, our friends. We choose to love those who hate us. And we choose to love those who wronged us. And Scripture says a choice of love is a requirement for every saved person. And this Christmas, you and I are commanded to choose to love God. Whether or not he blesses us, whether or not he gives us all the things we think we should have or not, whether the things whether we do we, we feel good about it, whether we feel like it or not, we are commanded to choose to love God. So that first eye is instructed. I'm gonna give you three eyes today. The first eye is instructed. You are instructed to love in Scripture. Jesus shows up on the scene and in the New Testament he says, This is the great command. Love God with everything you got. Love your neighbor likewise as yourself. You're instructed to love. You're commanded to love. Here's the cool part. That's only part of the revelation of love. So how are we giving God? You today could come to sanctuary this coming year. You could be instructed to love and and you could say god i'm going to try to love you through religious law i'm going to try to love you through like whiny worship i'm going to try to love you through timid tithing i'm going to love you through apathetic church attendance i'm going to love you through programmed prayer or i'm going to love you this way or that way you can you can make yourself try to do some love like that i can program my prayer i can i can uh, put my time in i can attendance wise i can do all these things but at the end of the day god is going to show us a better way He's trying to show us about it. that's just the first revelation of love is the instructed level. Right, look, let's look a little further. Look in verse, chapter 11, verse 1. We've got the instructed level of love, but then it goes to a different place. Moses went on to tell them in Deuteronomy 10, he said, but let me tell you something. I'm going to get you a little bit in awe about this God who's loved you. The good news is that God never instructed Israel to love them before He saved them. It was after he redeemed them from Israel or from Egypt, after he'd delivered them from slavery, after they'd parted the Red Sea, after they'd seen the f- pillar of fire by, by uh, night and the cloud by day, that he said, "Now, now, love me." He had already earned that right in their life, right? He'd already saved them, pulled them out, and so God makes it really easy when he says, "I'm instructing you to love me." He gives you a way that you can do it through inspiration. So the first one is instruction. The second one is inspiration or inspired. I've been instructed to love, but I'm also inspired to love God. So in Deuteronomy 10, he says, Now think of this God. All right, follow me this morning. Think of this God. He owns the heavens and the earth. I'm just paraphrasing. He chose you, though. He owns the heavens and the earth, but he chose to come to you. He says, Now think about this God. This should inspire you to even circumcise your hearts, humble yourself. This should inspire you to live a life of repentance, because this very God came to you in an hour of need. When you didn't deserve it, He went all the way to you. When you couldn't get any closer to God, God went all the way to you. That God that owns the heavens and the earth came down Amen. to you and I. And He says, Now, now shouldn't that inspire us to love Him? This is the, he, Moses goes and he says, Think of the Lords of Lords, the great and mighty God who is fearsome. He is your praise. Why? Because He's done great and awesome things for you. You were nothing but now He's made you something. Aren't you glad that's our story too? Amen. God could have just said, hey, you have to love me if you want to get to heaven. But He gives us this great inspiration that on this Christmas day, uh, almost 2,000 years ago, God of heaven heard our cries. Even though we weren't, while we were still sinners, Christ comes to be born to die for us. This great and awesome God who owns the heavens and the earth, who is fearsome and holy and awesome, comes down, He says, I'm gonna, you're nothing, but I'm going to make you something. Yeah. That should inspire me today to renew my love for Jesus Christ. Not just, oh, yeah, I have to love God to go to heaven. Oh, yes, I have to go to church to go to heaven. But really, just to be inspired that, man, this story can be old news to a lot of people. Even us Christians who've who've been in and out of it so long. You know, I'm 31 years old, been in church my whole life. It can so easily be old news. But I want to remind myself it's still good news. It's still good news. What has He done for us by His grace? He saves us by His mercy and power. He's continually patient and compassionate to our needs. He continually forgives our shortcomings. He he nevertheless, even in our failure, still wants to lead us to the promised land. That's our God. Somebody say amen. amen. That's our story. He was born a common man. He had. We get a glimpse of His kind intentions for us by Jesus coming, being called Emmanuel, God with us. We think of this small light birthed into the world that God's light begins to shine. His love is demonstrated for us that no one in the world cared about this little baby being born. Nobody even knew that love of heaven had come down to earth that day. And the Word of God was born... David Jeremiah writes a book, and he says it kind of this way. He says, "...the Word of God was born in the back corner of a bustling uh, bustling city street." in a stable rather than an inn, with no kings or crowds to honor Him. And there in humility, with no earthly wealth, this great Savior King was born. And He says this, He says, We had no room for Him, but He would make room for us. Isn't that beautiful? We had no room for Him, but He would make room for us. His first visitors become the lowest of the low, the poor, the unclean, the uneducated shepherds. And God writes this story of love, even in the Christmas story, shows how this king comes, even in his birth, welcomes the poor, welcomes the Gentile. Even though we'd fallen short of the glory of God's standard, the light of heaven comes and illuminates the darkness of this world. And I understand that. When I I get inspired about his birth and then I think about his death, and you get inspired about his death, how horrifyingly gruesome it was, how painful, how, how much deceit was there, how much mockery was there, naked and ashamed... Philippians 2, Paul tells us that Jesus Christ, being formed of God, in the form of God, did not cling to His equality with God, but gave up His divine privilege, was born a human being, humbled himself into obedience to God, and died a criminal's death for us. God came to know our pain, and in the midst of our pain, demonstrate His love. Isn't that just kind of awesome? When in the midst of our pain, He demonstrates His love by dying for us, and look with me, just, this is the verse I want you to take home today. 1 John 4, verse 9 and 10. If you have your Bible, just flip there, put a bookmark in it for today. 1 John 4, 9 and 10. This is, the, this is what I want us to leave with, really, today. I've only given you two eyes, I'm going to give you another one. I've been instructed to love, I should be inspired to love, and this verse should inspire me. By this, the love of God was manifest in us that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the atonement, the the reconciliation for our sins, that, that ransom for our sins. Am I inspired to love because God first loved me? That should do something. That should be that born-again experience. The Holy Spirit comes in, and I'm just inspired by the good news of Jesus Christ. And there's the last one. If I'm instructed, that's one level of Christianity. You can stay there, try to make it through the law. But I want to be inspired, and then I want to be inclined. The three eyes. I want you to take on this Christmas is instructed, inspired, and inclined. What does inclined mean? This is how we give it back to Him. How do you give love back to God? You see, it could just stay in the inspiration level and say, wow, this is awesome. But there should be a holy change in us that when the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, that love of God actually is manifested in us, 1 John 4 says. That it's manifested in us. This is how I've come to know it. And there's something that happens in that Holy Spirit. There was the same Holy Spirit that birthed Jesus and raised Him from the dead now lives in me. There's this change that happens. And now I'm not just inspired by, oh, that's a cool story. I'm like inclined to love. I have to love. It's something that happened in me. And this love now becomes my second nature. It's this inspiration. Now His turn to inclination. And so many people just want to stay in the inspiration part. But it changes me and moves me to be inclined to loving and to love others. And this love births a spiritual change in me. We want to go from inspiration to inclination today. 1 John four nineteen, He goes on. He says, we love because he first loved us. And if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he's seen cannot love a God who he has not seen. I'm inclined to love and be gracious to you for every wrong because God's first loved me. That's how it works. I choose to forgive you because I've been forgiven. I choose to look past all of your pains, your faults, your failures to me because I have been so richly blessed by the love of God. I've been inspired, but now I'm inclined to love. It 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 comes through and comes out. And that's the way the Christian life must be. This This season is really all about how we, the church... Should be if this baby comes gift wrapped to us, that it so changes us that we go out and change the world because we're not just inspired by this story, but we're inclined to do something about it. We we have been not just instructed in the Word of God, but we've been inspired and then inclined to become it. Amen. And so I'm I'm inclined to love and to be gracious to you. I'm not just instructed, but I have a Holy Spirit inspiration that led to a Holy Spirit inclination. To love you. That's good right there. That should be a Facebook post or something. I'm not just instructed, but I've got a Holy Spirit inspiration, which leads to a Holy Spirit inclination. And that's what loving God looks like. If you want to really know how to love God, here it is. It means I choose to love my family and my friends and my neighbors. I choose to. It means I choose to make things right with my spouse daily and let no argument divide us. That's how I love God. It means choosing to love even when those who've hurt me so deeply, when those who let me down, when those who talk bad about me, or those who never ask for my forgiveness, I still choose to love and forgive. That's how I give God love this Christmas. It means I choose not only to forgive on the inside, but I choose to make amends with somebody. I choose to restore that relationship to harmony again, even when it's painful. That's how I choose to love God this Christmas. I choose... It, I choose forgiveness. I choose reconciliation. I choose to move forward because God has moved forward in my life. God pursued me when I wasn't pursuable. I choose love because I'm not just inspired by it. I'm inclined to do it. That's because Luke chapter 7, verse 47, it means I realize I have been forgiven much, so now I love much. Amen. I'm gonna close with this. First Peter chapter four, verse eight. Above all, saints, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. We can cover the sins of other people with love. Whatever they've done to us, I can cover it all with love. Because that's what happened to me. God's love covered a multitude of my sins. So I want my love to cover a multitude of their sins. Amen. And that's the way we re riff it's what is it, regifting. That's how we re-gift this Christmas. So let's re-gift some love this Christmas. Can you do that with me today? Just make that pledge before God. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's just pray this morning. Father God, this Christmas I just pray that we make a choice to continue to show a deep love for other people and cover their sins. Father God, I pray that we'd be cheerful, that we would share the gift of God with others, that we would serve one another in love with all the love, God, that You've supplied to us. To love You, Father with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, not just instructed, not just inspired, but inclined because of a Holy Spirit change birthed in us through this new birth, God, that you have sent to the world for us. And God, that we would love our neighbors as ourselves. God, not just to be cliche, not just to make it old news, but God, that it always would be good news that has changed my heart, that I would have all the levels of love in me, just the instructed I want to be instructed to in love. I choose it. But God, I want to be inspired by the Holy Spirit revelation to it. And God, I want to be inclined by the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. Lord, to love. God, as you have so willingly given love to us, God, that, and I just, you can't get over that verse enough. That by this, the love of God was manifested in us. That God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atonement for our sins. Father God, we just, every person in here, God, we want to make our relationship.